Hello, welcome to Friend at Film Camp, the podcast for two friends gather the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Janine. And I'm Luke. Um, today, I don't know the name of what we're talking about. Today we're talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. So this is our second Marvel special. You might remember we did Wolf by Night. Werewolf. Werewolf by Night. <laughs> and this is our second one. Written and directed by James Gunn. They made it while they were filming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And it... Very different approach to than the first one. Yes. The, this is not introducing anything really new. This mm-hmm. is just a small side story that wouldn't make sense in any other place. But it's kind of cute to have a small side story like this. I think, like, Werewolf by Night was so experimental and it felt like they kind of had the freedom to be experimental because they were like doing a weird special thing where this one was not experimental at all at all really like it was but i do because you were saying you like this approach better for marvel specials and i think i i'm uncertain if i agree because well, I, I, I'm not disagreeing. I think I want to clarify on that. No, I know. I will let you expand in a second. I'm, I loved the experimentalness of Werewolf by Night. It's one of my more favorite things that Marvel has done. But as I talked about in that um, podcast, it, like, it did feel like it wanted to be longer. Like It felt like we needed more. Um, and so I do... like a agree with you in terms of I do think it's fits this sort of thing fits this format better but at the same time I'm like conflicted because I do like that the doing a weird little special let them be so experimental before you know what I mean so I'm not sure how I feel about that in total I I liked the experimental nature of werewolf by night but Mm -hmm. in the end that felt like what should have been a two-hour movie yeah rammed into a 40-minute special yeah and so it felt both rushed and weirdly too short because they were cutting so much to make it fit mm-hmm. that I would have just preferred Werewolf by Night be a movie. But this, this wouldn't have made sense as a whole movie. No. But like as a 40 minute, we're just going to do something fun and silly. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And it never doubted what it was. Th- that's exactly what it is. It's just 40 minutes of silliness and fun. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, it fo- the movie follows Dave Bautista as Drax and Palm Clementioff as Mantis as they go to find Chris Pratt's Star-Lord, a Christmas gift, which they want to be... Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon. Um, I do think that that is cute. I do like them bringing in Kevin Bacon. I think that's really novel. I think the setup is very cute. <laughs> the setup the is sense. good. I don't think the payoff is very good. Um, okay, but we'll get don't to be that. Negative, Dally. You can enjoy the journey just because you don't like the end result. That's what I say about Drag Race all the time. Anyway. What, um, <laughs> what on earth is that? I always enjoy the journey and well, don't like the payoff. No, because you'll be like, well, that was a waste. Why Why did we do this episode? It was such a waste because no one went home. You're very like invested in the end result. I'm invested when they do 
Okay, first off, Drag Race is a reality <laughs> competition show. Yeah. It's different. How so? It's a reality competition show. Okay. That's different than a narrative story. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I was just making an offhand comment. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to be reviewing some form of Drag Race soon, so <laughs> we'll talk about it then. Okay. Um, I think our next drag race is Canada versus the world. Yeah, probably. Assuming you're here for the finale. Why wouldn't I be? Oh, right, because it's... I think it's the 23rd. Oh, well, I probably won't be then. I like Mantis. I've always liked Mantis. I've always thought she's underused. I? So I like, I really like seeing more of her. I did not, I didn't dislike Mantis. I just didn't see for my, I never saw before what she could do. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't think she had much to do. So I was always like, eh, Mantis is fine. But, like, she's just there. Infinity War kind of showed me what she could do when she was, like, subduing Thanos. I've never seen that. There's a scene where she subdues Thanos. Mm -hmm. And Chris Pratt is kind of stupid. Okay. The whole scene is that... Why does he say that's unfair? So, I already told you that Thanos killed Gamora in that movie. Yeah. And Chris Pratt doesn't know that mm-hmm. until when Mantis has him subdued and they're trying to get the Infinity Stones off him. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt asks him, where's Gamora? Mm-hmm. And Thanos is like, I killed her. Yeah. And Chris Pratt gets really mad, so he starts punching her, punching him, uh-huh. which undoes the trance. Oh. So, they lose, even though they were going to win, because he punched him. Yeah, I know. I don't... Let's get this out of the way now, because there's no other way to talk about it. Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. Yeah. I don't think either you and I particularly like Chris Pratt. See, this is a big problem, because, like, I... When Guardians first came out, I quite liked it. My mom really liked it, so I saw it, like, a lot, right? Mm -hmm. It was a good time. Even the second one, still a good time. And then you started hearing things. And now that I know things, and it's like, you know, nothing the worst, but enough to know if I met you, I would hate you. <laughs> like, enough to know, like, I don't want to be in your presence. And I feel like it it does ruin a lot of the emotionality when it comes to his character, because his character is so much himself. You know what I mean? Yes, it doesn't help that he is so... <laughs> This character, like, they, it feels like, I know they obviously didn't, this character at this point, but it feels like this version of him Mm -hmm. was built from the ground up around Chris Pratt. And it's, like, it's similar to me at this point. Uh, For me, I feel like it's a similar thing to Army Hammer. Like, before um, all of the very serious allegations came out, the only role I ever bought him in was Rich Asshole. And I feel like I'm almost in a similar thing with Chris Pratt, where it's like, I can't take him in sincere roles anymore. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it does. I don't buy it anymore. Yes. And part of it is that and that's like Chris a Pratt thing. is not an Oscar caliber actor. He's not like a prestigious, nuanced actor. He's Chris Pratt. I don't know. I don't... And by that, I mean... He's not like Meryl Streep where he disappears into a role and like you 
you have to kind of be like, wow, they're yeah, so into that's it. True. Yeah, Chris that's Pratt's true. always just Chris Pratt. And that's yeah. not a bad thing itself. A lot of actors just play the same thing. But Chris Pratt, because he's playing himself, essentially. Yeah. As Star-Lord. Uh, yeah, if you don't like Chris Pratt, it's hard to ignore it. And Chris Pratt is not great at making himself super likable. Yeah. In this regard. And it's never to- it's never bothered him with wide audiences before. Yeah. At least never substantially enough that they didn't go see his movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's changing. Because it didn't change this year. Mm-hmm. Like, Jurassic, the new Jurassic World movie still made a billion. Which is weird, because I don't know a single person who likes those. People pay for them. They have to. But I'm like, who are these people? It's weird. Well, I think it's like the same people who paid for Transformers movies. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. Like people, they're not really online people. They're kind of like your dad who wants to go to one movie a summer and that's Mm -hmm. his movie. Mm -hmm. A Mm -hmm. dumb action movie with a male guy in the lead who's like a manly man. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, Chris Pratt still can bring people in, but he's... He seems to be both leaning into his bad conservatism mm-hmm. ideas, but also trying to push away. Yeah. Do you remember when he did the whole, like, guys, my church isn't even that homophobic? No. I remember you telling me about it, though. Yeah. He tried to be like, guys, my church is not that homophobic. Mm-hmm. It was Elliot Page that was the one that really called that out. Mm-hmm originally but yeah i don't know what there is to do about that uh everyone who knows chris pratt like on set likes him mm-hmm. and james gunn got really mad at someone who asked if they were gonna get rid of him so but also i don't think i'd like james gunn either there's a lot of people in the guardians movies i would not like if i knew them in real people- life people People are entirely capable of being nice and having not nice values. Yes. And I think it's kind of some, for me, I then feel like you aren't that nice. You know what I mean? But some people do think that there should be like a complete separation of that. You know what I mean? So I think it it depends on different how different people react to it. Yes. <clears throat> Which I feel like we're sort of, you know, it's like that old school, like, oh, we should be friends with people of all political leanings. And for me, it's like, no, because your political leanings mean, like, how you think. Well, it's that your political... How you think of me. <laughs> it's that your political leanings think that my existence is bad. Exactly. It needs to stop, which is the problem. But a but lot also, of people still I have that mindset this. of like, oh, I should be able I to I want to add this, though, because I think it is relevant. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt, for all the stuff we <laughs> seem to have figured out or know about him, mm-hmm. doesn't ever seem to actively do anything political. Yeah. Like, he never, he only has endorsed, like, one candidate I can think of, and it was a person for L.A. mayor, who was a conservative, but, Mm -hmm. like, they were a Democrat conservative, so they were, it's like... No, he could be a lot worse, for sure. I think it's mostly just the vibes. But what I mean by that is that Chris Pratt doesn't actively 
do anything mm-hmm. like this. And I think that is worth acknowledging yeah. that it's hard to have this pro- proper discussion when he's he doesn't want to engage in it. Yeah. But very intentionally. Like, he doesn't want to share his opinions. Yes. On his policies and six. He's very, like, mm, not my vibe. For, for me, it's just that, like, the vibes are off in general. Like, not, like, yeah. I don't think it's, like, a moral issue as much, you know, like, as it would be with, like, an army hammer or whatever. It's, it's, it's just, like, I, I don't buy your vibes in this type of role anymore. Because yes. of what I know of you. You know what I mean? Yes. But. Mm. Anyway. Chris Pratt's still good in the role. The point of this is <laughs> that it's like, it is a little, because oh, the, the core emotionality of the special is that, what's her face? What's her name? Mantis. Mantis and Drax. Um, Mantis wants starts, to get. It starts with like an animated segment of Yanu. Yondu. Yondu. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Yondu, um, like, ruining Christmas. Very Grinch-like. And then they're like, no, that's so sad. So they want to save Christmas for Star-Lord. Um, and then, and you part know, of it is because Mantis reveals to Drax and us, the audience, don't get mad right away. <laughs> She's making her mad face. <laughs> that she is technically, is like Chris Pratt's sister i think it's official i think it's like half sister like officially yeah obviously but they call it just sister which i I don't know if that's like i don't know why i thought that was like that's not technically right (laughs) but anyway i you and i disagree on this i think it's fine and it's very comic-y for them to do i don't buy it you don't seem to buy a lot of things in this movie or this special yeah it's true but. I just don't buy it. It seems like something they're throwing in there. I don't think it's like... I don't think this was planned. Or had a I, lot of thought put into it. I feel like it was planned enough. Mm. I don't buy it. Yeah. But anyway, so... The emotionality of the special is around saving Star-Lord's, like, Christmas, right? Because his Christmas got ruined when he was a kid, and now we want to make, like, a magical Christmas for him. Also, so, he's sad because Gamora's dead, which is a key aspect. So, he's also very sad. Us sort of, like, now having this weird relationship with Chris Pratt where it's, like, you know, when the the camera lingers on his face and he's in awe of the, the Christmas spirit, it's kind of like, ugh. Out of here. <laughs> so it doesn't the hit with, as it's supposed to. When he does, when they're like, "Oh, you kind of expect him to be like, why is there not a Jesus over there?" And it's fine. Like I, again, it's fine. Like mm-hmm. there are people that they like that, and good for them. But I don't. Yeah. So, but again, it's fine. But um, where I think the first half of the special is definitely the better half. Um, it starts with a song. Which is interesting, which we kind of agreed went on for too long. It went on for a verse too long. But I did like this song. It also ends with a song, and I like this song a lot better than the song it ends with. <laughs> I think those were both like new songs, right? That they made. Uh... This one in particular had a line that I can't think of, but they had a line that I really liked where every time they said it, I was like, ooh. But the rest of the song was just like, okay. But that one line, I was like, that's a good line. 
He wrote the lyrics to the opening song. I don't know who he oh, is. James Gunn. Oh, okay. And the guy... Oh. <laughs> he wrote the lyrics and he had someone from the old 97s help him write the music. And, ooh, this is interesting. The second song, the one you didn't like, was an already existing song. Which <laughs> it's such a weird song. It Why does, would they choose that song? Because it was by the band that was playing it in the movie. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I have a feeling based on what I'm reading here is uh <laughs> that James Gunn really likes uh that band, the old ninety sevens, uh-huh. and <laughs> wanted to work with them. <sighs> yeah, they're in the movie. I do want to talk about the animated flashbacks since we mentioned it. And the rotoscoped film. animated scenes. Those are great. I thought those were a great way to do like a cheap flashback Me that too. they wanted to do. And I liked. They brought in an unexpected whimsical element, which I really liked. Yes. So those were great. Um, and then we follow uh, Drax and Mantis as they go to LA on Earth yes. to uh, try to find Kevin Bacon. And. The, yeah, this is definitely the best part. A lot of situational comedy. The t- um, the dynamic between the two of them is very funny. And it's very simple because Drax is very direct and Mantis is very sincere. So. I don't way- really like Drax that much. I liked how he played off of her. I agree. I think her... Ha- I she, think Drax's comedy is very... Either you like it or you don't. She makes him a lot better. But I think it's she, <laughs> like, the when they're arriving to the planet, everyone like is staring up and on. Mantis like that's so weird. Drax, did you remember to turn on the cloaking shield? Mm-hmm. And Drax is like, uh, yes, I did. And then he turns it on. Yeah. And that could have been like, ah, shucks. But then Mantis like, it makes it funny mm-hmm. because she's like, I clearly just saw you do that. And it's like, no, you didn't. And they keep like bicker. Cutely. Here's an interesting thing about Dave Bautista's Drax. <laughs> Dave Bautista hates playing this role. Really? Because he has to be in, like, very physical shape for it. Yeah. So he has been very, very vocally clear that he is done playing this character after Guardians 3. Oh, so they're going to kill him. <laughs> and here's the thing. The movie keeps teasing the Guardians 3. Like, oh, a major character's gonna die. I don't know who. And I, knowing this, I'm like, it's probably Dave Bautista's Drax. Yeah. Because he keeps being like, I'm out. I'm done. Bye. No more me. Mm-hmm. But I kind of enjoyed this film more because of that. Cause we got to, like, say goodbye oh, before we nice. said goodbye. Um. So, yeah, this this part's really funny. They go down that street in L.A. with all the performers Whatever that street is. Is that Hollywood Boulevard? I don't know. Sounds like Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> and then people think that they're street performers. So they start getting pictures taken with them and blah, blah, blah. And then they go to a club and they get drunk, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then Mantis mind controls a lady into giving her a map. and uh, That was really funny. You said her powers. She's in shock. <laughs> <when you're coming>. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then they go to Kevin Bacon's house. And then this was really funny. I also really liked they they 
they break into his house they steal they both steal a christmas decoration each from outside which was cute um and he's like running away and i really liked like one man there's like one shot of mantis like running on the walls and it was like really scary and i feel like i've never seen her do anything like that before but i loved how bug like it was so i really liked that sort Mm. of like display of her physicality they really made mantis move well in this movie yeah like how they made her move was really cool yes and it's like it's it's part of why it's funny is that they're obviously trying to kidnap him but they don't seem to have a concept of kidnapping um so they're kind of like i don't know they don't really understand why everyone's like so freaked out about what they're trying to do and so then but their character those are two characters well set up for that yes yes because like mantis was raised in isolation and drax is raised on a civilization of warriors that are overly direct so then the police come. This is bull. Because the police shoots Drax a whole bunch. And yes. that's just interesting visuals for the time period that we live in. Yes. And Drax just laughs it off. Yeah. And Mantis, like, takes them out. And how she takes them out is really cool. Because, like, she's able... She kind of does, like, Black Widow fighting with mind control. Uh-huh. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> And then Drax flips a police car, and then I liked how Mantis was like, you can't just kill people. And he was like, well, how am I supposed to know the rules? Um, (laughs) I liked that. I was like, I mean, valid point. (laughs) And so then she, like, gives the police officers that are in the flipped car, she gives them her candy cane, um, which was a very funny moment, because it's very touching from her end, because she really likes this candy cane. And so this is, like, really nice. But um, obviously from their end, it makes no sense. And Dave Bautista left his elf guy behind. Yeah. And there's a whole scene where Mantis is like, you should have cared for it more if you wanted it. And we don't have time to go back for it. Drax is really bummed out about it. So they catch up to Kevin Bacon, then they kidnap him. And um, Mantis is just like mind controlling him a bunch where she's like, you want to come with us? And he's like, okay. Um, and then they're on the ship, and they start this whole, like, joke where they hate actors, which didn't hit very well for me. I felt like this was a reference to something I didn't know. I didn't get the actor reference thing, but I do, I liked the part where they realized all the stories that he told was just him playing parts. Yeah. And them being like, he's an actor. Mm-hmm. He's not actually all those heroes. Mm-hmm. That was funny. I didn't get the why are actors disgusting the yeah. lowest life. Like, like, it was funny. I just didn't get that particular like, part of it. Is it just an in joke because they're all actors? I didn't know. Because I was like, <laughs> you are. Like, I, yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. But. I feel like that's funnier for them. <laughs> like,. I still thought it was a funny zine. I do, like, them realizing I like, but yeah, just, like, the actor joke was weird. And so then they, she, like, mind controls him into being, like, she's like, you need to pretend to be a real hero, and then that kind of fucks him up. Um, <laughs> anyway, then we go to, like, the, the, the big scene that we were talking about, where they've, like, decorated the whole, they're on that, like, planet that's, like, a skull. Yeah, they bought that planet. They the bought co- it? Yes. What? From the collector. Okay. Um, they're on that planet, and it's all decorated in lights, and this is, like, really cute. 
Uh, the lights are very, very Whoville. I like how they did the that design here. And then they have like it all set up. All the guardians are helping. Yeah, and they bring out this box, which is also very funny because it's coffin sized. But at first, everyone's like, "Oh, it's sweet," and Chris Pratt's excited. And then it yeah. starts shaking and like something's talking. Uh huh. And they do a good job like framing like the transition very well from like this is cute to creepy to horrifying. Yeah. <sighs> And then Chris Pratt like is like, you can't kidnap people, and you can't mind control him. Let him go. And then Kevin Bacon runs away. Yeah, and then they have to go after him, and then they're <laughs> the like... The funniest line. What? One of the funniest lines was they were like, Nebula, can you go catch him? Yeah. And she just pulls out her laser gun, and she's like, you can't outrun me, Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, like training as she he was just like don't kill him and she seemed very unsure about that um and then they um quill like orders them to take kevin bacon back but then who is it who is it to telling kevin bacon the whole thing it's uh, that guy who was like he was yondu's person he was yondu's like second he has the he has a flying arrow now Yes. And so he's telling he was there in the first animated scene with the tree situation. So he is telling Kevin Bacon about that. And so then Kevin Bacon, his heart is warmed and he decides to stay for Quill. And it's then Sean Gunn. Like that's the actor, which is James Gunn's brother. Then Kevin Bacon sings this whole stupid song about being a baby and that it's Christmas. And I hate this part. For many reasons. First of all, Kevin Bacon isn't known for singing. Second of yeah, all, the, the song is stupid. Third of all, it's really long. And fourth of all, we don't even see Quill during this. And the entire emotional reason for Kevin Bacon staying was to help Quill and make Quill feel better. And he doesn't even talk to Quill. Yes, I agree with you. That is a written problem. That Quill was the reason they were there. And the movie and the special forgot Quill in the climax. Yeah. For the emotional resolution. But, yeah. Jane, they should have had him dance. Yeah. Like, that's what he does. But I'm guessing that and, Kevin Bacon no, said he, he wouldn't do him, it if he had to dance. He should have had him dance. And then, like, him and, and Quill could have, like, a little dance off. Yes. I agree. The only reason I can think either James Gunn thought that was stupid. Which is very possible. But... What I think more likely is that Kevin Bacon said, I'll do it, but I'm not dancing. Which, well, then, sadly, I think is a more likely option of this scenario, because Chris Pratt did dance in the first movie. Him and Quill should have... Wait, is his name Quill? Am I just calling Peter him? Peter Quill. Okay, cool. Him and... What's his face? <laughs> should have at least had a conversation at the end or something like we literally don't even see yes his reaction I, I agree with you thank you and then it ends right well, well during the music mantis you tells see peter, like everyone mantis yeah. tells peter why she kidnapped him because mantis peter's like that's weird even for you yeah and mantis is like well i did it and then she tells him because she's his sister and peter takes it very sweetly I know you hate that subplot, but I thought that was a sweet way to end it. Do you disagree that it was sweet? Well, I just don't buy it, so it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> and then uh, Kevin Bacon goes back to... Or they bring him back to Earth in uh-huh. the special ends. See, also, that was, like, another... That was another, like, plot line 
that was super set up for like another ending like comedic moment because you had this entire thing where the cops got involved there was like broken shit in his house and stuff and it's weird like at one point he's talking to his wife on the phone and she's like hey like are you coming he's like no i'm busy which is also weird but i just feel like she should have found out and like been freaked out and then they like deal with that in a comedic way do you know what i mean at the end when he gets dropped back off there was a potential setup here they didn't choose to use but that's whatever it's fine i liked it overall i liked the special I thought this was, like, a very fun, light thing. It's not very in-depth. It's not very complicated. And the music goes on for too long both times. But otherwise, I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, maybe I'll even watch it again next year. I'm, like, quite neutral on it. I thought it was funny. That's the thing. (laughs) Did you want to talk about the Christmas thing? Oh, yeah. I, this is not, like, something I'm super passionate about. But I don't know why they called it a holiday special. But this is a Christmas special, mm-hmm. which like it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But this is like objectively a Christmas special. It's just weird to have an inclusive title when the special itself is not like the special goes inclusive. Out- it's explicitly Christmas. Yeah. Like they say Christmas multiple times. Yeah, they could have been like They're this is the holiday season yeah. and like done the exact same thing. They, they say Christmas a lot. Yeah. And it feels like one of those things maybe a Disney marketing person was like we want to say holiday. Mm-hmm. But like I am I am not against people being like happy holidays or Christmas. I don't care which one you use. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why they chose to call it a holiday special when it is the Christmas special. Other than to have, like, Disney marketing. It just seems... It's a superficial change. It's superficial progressiveness. When the actual product is not inclusive in and of itself. But that's fine, by the way. It's fine, but it's like, it it just... It's not... It's like, this isn't what it is, so why are you labeling labeling it? Like, it's broader than what it is, you know what I mean? It's okay to have a Christmas special in this context because Peter Quill is a uh, Christmas person. Mm-hmm. They like the whole special sets up. It's not a big deal, but it was something we talked about after because I just thought it was odd. Well, also- yeah, especially because like they 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 could have decided to be more holiday y given like all of the aliens and stuff you know mm-hmm. like it was definitely an option but it's like you guys made a choice like keep it up you know <laughs> no this really strikes me as someone at disney market was like it's the holiday special because mm-hmm. then that sells better or whatever also one last note before we end it is i don't like the new design for Groot, older Groot. oh i wasn't crazy about it either it looks like a guy in a costume in a bad way it 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 was weird proportions. It didn't feel super grooty. It felt That's more what, human-y, yeah. It felt like Disney was like, mm, if we change his design like this, we can get a guy in the car in music parks to look like him. Uh, and I don't like that idea. Yeah. Because Groot's supposed to be kind of taller. Yeah. But he was he's supposed to be lankier. I don't know why he's bulky. Yeah, he is very bulky. He's been making gains. <laughs> he did not skip chest. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and it looks like that's the design for the new movie too. But I'm, just, I'm not super excited about. But hopefully it is better in the long term. We only saw it in the background a few times, but 
Yeah. I hope it's better because I don't like it here. And that concludes this episode of Friends at Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you next time at the campfire. <laughs>